Support for this podcast is provided by Cornerstone On Demand. Cornerstone is the world's leading talent technology specialist, helping organisations drive people success in uncertain times. Their enterprise-class talent acquisition platform, TalentLink, supports recruiting teams with the challenges of today, helping clients to deliver digital-first hiring experiences while guiding them in the shift to skills-based hiring and their missions to build more diverse workforces globally. If engaging, hiring and onboarding the very best people in today's environment is important to you, visit www.cornerstoneondemand.co.uk and get in touch to find out why TalentLink is the platform built for the smarter recruiter. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 315 of the Recruiting Future podcast. Employer branding. It's been a topic we've mentioned in passing a lot on the show this year, but unusually we haven't done a deep dive into it for quite a while. So what are the current trends in employer branding? How are the events of this dystopian year shaping what employers are doing? And what should employer brand strategies for the future look like? My guest this week is the perfect person to answer all of these questions. David Thompson is a highly experienced employer brand consultant and the founder of Employer Brand Made Easy. Keep listening to hear his thoughts on the present state and the future direction of employer branding. Hi, David, and welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Matt. How are you doing? Lovely to be back. Great to speak to you again. I'm doing pretty well, and it's an absolute pleasure to have you back on the show. Could you just introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Of course. Thanks, Matt. So my name's David Thompson. Uh, I'm an employer brand consultant. I've been in and around employer branding agencies for about 20, 25 years. Um, And uh, I've uh, recently co-founded a business called Employer Branding Made Easy. Uh, We offer online courses and consultancy so companies competing for talents can more effectively um, get out there with their messages uh, whether they're a household name or not so uh, online courses and consultancy is what we're doing now you mentioned you've been in and around employer branding for 20 years i've known you for quite a quite a large chunk of that and you're always doing great employer brand work and have some great insights around employer branding so that makes you the perfect person to ask this question to which is What's going on in 2020? Because there's there's lots of discussion about the impact of 2020 on employer branding, but but what's actually happening at the coalface? What are what are people doing? What are what are people thinking? Uh, yeah, well, as as with everybody else, it's been a mad old year, um, and I think um, a, a lot of what's happening now we were seeing starting to happen, kind of pre. COVID. Um, But like in so many different areas and different situations, this whole kind of situation we found ourselves in accelerated things. It's just poured gasoline on it and really, really accelerated things that were already starting to happen. So 
we saw in the early uh, days of, of the COVID crisis, everyone went very quiet, rather um, as you'd expect. Um, and uh, that was mainly because organisations were just trying to get their houses in order, get everybody set up to work from home. Um, so, you know, the, the landscape was very quiet. But what we've seen is a kind of return. Um, and, you know, we was looking at some statistics yesterday from the Recruitment and Employment Confederation saying the number of jobs posted overall uh, is now back to pre-March levels. So we're starting to see a ramp up of uh, the number of jobs being advertised um, and accordingly the amount of employer branding uh, content out there. We saw some organisations still kept their uh, activation up. Uh, companies like Next, Rolls-Royce did a great job through COVID, uh, getting out there and telling stories, mainly on social media, um, about how they were supporting their uh, employees um, and uh, how they were making it safe for them. Um, so some of the more enlightened organisations kind of kept talking, kept telling those stories. Um, but, but a lot of people kind of went very quiet. But we're all, it's coming back up now. It's coming back to um, a position of, um, you know, a, a, of activity. But what we're definitely seeing is a, an evolution, I think, of employer branding um, away from just being um, uh, about recruitment. Um, it's really gaining traction in a number of other areas as well, which is making it into something a bit bigger and more holistic. Um, and I think going forward, it's going to take on quite a different and significant role um, uh, that's, that's, that's really going to change it and, and make it much bigger than just a kind of recruitment tool. Talk us through that a bit more. I presume that you're sort of talking about reputation of, of organisations. What, 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 what do you mean there? Yeah. So I think there is three areas where you know employer branding is is in the future going to really have a significant impact the first one we already know which is recruitment as it's always been um, i think we've always looked at employer branding as a recruitment aid and then given a kind of nod towards employee engagement as well um, so it's still going to play uh, a growing importance uh, in, in recruitment you know as ai takes over more of the recruitment process what ai can't do is tell great stories and we we all love a story you know we all love to hear uh, stories about employers because it activates a different part of our brain to normal facts basically um so we tend to remember employer stories more strongly so i think we're going to see um employer branding in recruitment taking on more of a storytelling role um to help employers to kind of really stand out and differentiate so Number one, you know, recruitment, it's going to grow in importance, and, and but it's going to be more around storytelling. But I think where there's a really significant shift, and we've seen this very much happening in um, uh, in COVID, is, is the effect it has on employee engagement and retention. Um, now, if you kind of take the situation we're in now, where we're all working behind laptops in our kitchens and in our bedrooms. Um, and we know that this is probably going to perpetuate now. You know, the Institute Directors survey recently showed that three and four firms plan to increase homeworking over the next few years. So we're sat behind our laptops, but what does that do to our engagement and the way we feel about working for our employers? Well, my thinking is, you know, does, does absence make the heart grow stronger? I don't think it does. I think it makes it weaker. You know, if you think about your best employment experiences that you've had, 
most of mine were based around working in offices with people like you, Matt, you know, working with people I liked. I had close kind of relationships with living and working in a physical environment together. There was a physicality that kind of kept people connected and created an emotional attachment um, to their employer. Now, I don't think you can recreate that on Zoom. You know, if, if we're spending more and more time at our home, in our homes, does this start to dilute the emotional kind of bond that we have with our employers? Um, and then on top of that, okay, so, you know, we might not feel as strongly towards our employers as we did before. Equally, um, we can now work for anyone, anywhere. You know, we used to be quite limited by the physical geography of where we worked. You know, we worked somewhere we could commute to. But now, in theory, we can work for companies anywhere. So, in theory, there's going to be more choice, more employers to work for. So, again, does that start to catch my eye? Do I get distracted? And is this, again, diluting this bond I have to my employer? So, if these bonds are weakening, how do we make sure these bonds strengthen and how do we keep people engaged? Well, again, it's great employer storytelling. It's reminding people of what the organisation does, what its purpose is, the amazing people that come together and the way that we work to make it happen, you know, what we stand for. And this is all what's at the heart of, of employer branding. So I think in terms of employer engagement, you know, there are only so many town halls and so many manager briefings and check-ins you can do. I think you know, what we'll see going forward is to create and, and retain that emotional engagement with employees. We're going to need to see a lot more employer branding activity, a lot more storytelling authentically done from people who work within the business, telling the stories of why it's a great place to be. So that's your, your second audience, if you like. So growing importance in recruitment and growing importance in employee engagement and retention. But we've also seen a third emergence, I think, through COVID, which is going to stay with us as well. And that's the impact that employer reputation is having on customers and stakeholders and shareholders. You know, we've seen a whole raft. Pre-COVID, we were starting to see an increasing number of stories um, around employee practices. You know, I'm in the UK, and if you take a company like Boohoo, the fashion um, company, um, you know, their share price really slumped when there was a bad story came out about some of their employment practices. And equally, as we went through COVID, we saw front page news every day around uh, employer stories you know the likes of sports direct or jd weatherspoon didn't didn't come out great and we saw immediate kind of dips in their share prices whereas other employers like timpsons or bet365 you know their, their their stock rose because they were seen to be treating their employers well so i think we're becoming increasingly sensitive to employer storytelling and employer reputation and that's not just employees and and potential employees that's customers and and stakeholders you know it's becoming more and more important to customers to see the organizations that they're buying from have a strong reputation um piece of research i was just reading recently from career arc said 64 percent of consumers have stopped purchasing a brand after hearing news of that company's poor employment treatment so this is more and more going into the realms of, um, you know, affecting a, a company's stock and its sales and its 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 feasibility. Basically, I think it was interesting 
during COVID that we saw uh, a number of big organisations in the UK, you know, Tesco, Co-op, Asda, all leading their marketing campaigns, not with information about products, but with information, but with little stories about their employees. And pre-COVID, if, if Amazon were doing quite a lot of television advertising based around their employer brand, their employer brand films, talking about how they treat their employees. Now, these this advertising wasn't aimed to recruit more people. It was aimed at customers and it was aimed at stakeholders to make them feel confident about the organisation that they're buying from. So I think this is a really interesting step. You know, employer reputation is becoming far more important. And how do we create and amplify that employer reputation? Well, again, it's through great employer branding. It's having a strong employer value proposition um, and great storytelling and employer advocacy, getting your own employees, sharing that information, um, and just creating that strong narrative and that strong reputation that, that supports the business, as we said, not just as a recruiter, but, but with sales and customers as well. So, you know, as I said, COVID's really accelerated this um, and brought this to the fore. And I think these are now trends that are going to stay with us as we come out of COVID next year and, and business returns to normal. So employer branding is, yeah, it's just increasing into something really much more holistic than just a recruitment tool with a little bit of a nod to engagement. I think the importance is, is, is going to continue to grow. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think the the reputation thing is really interesting because you mentioned Timpsons as an example there. And the, the really interesting thing about Timpsons and, and what they do and how they talk about their values and what they're like as the place to work is that their, their CEO is absolutely front and center in that communication. So it's him talking directly on Twitter about what he values and the type of business that they are. And it's, it's, it's actually very, very powerful. And I suppose that leads on to my next question, that if employer branding is is, is changing and, and becoming even more important than it already was, where does it sit in the organization? I think it's something that, that all organizations sort of debate, and I've, and I've seen it sort of reporting into different different places. Where do you think it should sit in an organization? It's a really good question, Matt, and I'm not sure I have the definitive answer because there's, there's you know... I'm not. I'm not sure the answer has been created yet. You know, it's it's increasing at the moment. It sits in talent acquisition generally, um, as we said, because it's mainly being viewed as something to aid and assist recruitment. But what we're finding is that within the um, talent acquisition teams, there aren't necessarily the people with the marketing skills that are required um, to uh, make the best of employer branding. So you kind of go, well, does it, is it best suited to a talent acquisition? Then as we evolve and we're talking more about corporate reputation, um, then you kind of think, well, should it then sit in our marketing and public relations team? But then the people in those teams don't necessarily have the understanding of talent acquisition and talent management. So you kind of think, well, I'm not sure it sits correctly there. Um, and then there's the there's the employee engagement that sits in the middle. You know, is it, is it part of employee engagement? Should it sit in HR? And you know, so there's a number of different places it can sit. And I don't think we've actually figured out exactly what the answer is. Um, I think my view is you, you need there's a combination of skills in there. Certainly, if it's going to sit anywhere near in you know in in talent acquisition, talent acquisition needs to be more adept at marketing. There's no doubt about that. Um, but you know, if, if it's 
going to sit yeah absolutely it's, it, you know if it's going to sit there they, we need to be better at marketing but i'm not sure it is the right place for it to sit i think what we'll see is a coming together um of a number of different bodies from different parts of the organization as we say from employee engagement from recruitment and resourcing from talent management from marketing from pr almost forming a unique little stakeholder group that will that will report into all of these different areas um so yeah remains to be seen i think is the answer to that one Matt. it's a debate that's going to run and run but i think every organization needs to find what what's going to work best for them i suppose i suppose my next question is do we overcomplicate employer branding employer brand tends to love jargon and ways of talking and can seem off-putting or put up barriers for, for organizations to to kind of get get involved in it what's what's your view of that i called my business and our business employer branding made easy um, just because I feel exactly that Matt. I think it has been overcomplicated, made into a little bit of a dark art um, which I, I think is is, is something yeah it's, it's overcomplicated sometimes that's not to say it's a doddle and anybody can do it you know there are um, many parts of it creative developments um, media management uh, research EVP development that do require some skill and knowledge, but they're not beyond the acquisition and abilities of people who are already working in, in talent acquisition. Um, they just need upskilling, basically. So I think it has been overcomplicated in in many areas, and some simplification would be helpful. Uh, and I think m- making the skills more widely available would be really, really helpful too. You've talked a lot about storytelling, effectively employees telling their stories. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Who who does that well and what are the, the, the key elements of being successful here? So I think to tell great stories, um, the first thing you need to do is understand uh, what you're trying to say, what your target audience wants to hear. Um, and make sure that you have uh, a really solid uh, EVP, employee value proposition framework, that's well researched. So you can say, hey, look, there are you know five, six, seven things that we know are universal truths in this organization. We've, we've researched them. We've road tested them with our people. We're confident that we can tell the stories um, that, that back these up. Um, and we've spoken to our external audiences um, that, that are interested, and we know that they want to hear these things. So having a really solid, you know, base to tell your stories from um, is, is really important. Um, then I think you want to tell your stories authentically. You know, we want to hear from employees the voices of the people. So. You know, there there is research out there that says, um, you know, people trust the voice of an employee three times as much as they trust the voice of the CEO. So authentic storytelling coming from people who work within the business, telling people of their journey. It's like any any story that we ever tell um, that we read always has an arc. It has a story arc. So people start, you know, from a position, then have to come up against a challenge and overcome a challenge to reach their goal. So. Use storytelling to tell a story arc. Use it to bring your EVP pillars to life. Use authenticity. Use real people to tell those stories, basically. I think that's the key to good storytelling. Um, I think the main mistake I see made by organizations is 
a willingness to tell stories, but they don't really know what they want to tell the story about. So they'll go out to the business and go, can you just say some nice things about the business? Um, what you end up with is quite a fragmented, uh, uh, you know, kind of volume of, of stories. And people can't quite grasp, okay, what's the one thing you want me to remember? What's the one story or the two stories that are really going to stick and resonate with me? So by being focused, by having your EVP pillars and telling stories around them, and then by repetition, by telling them over and over and over again um, in different and interesting creative ways, you can really start to build an understanding in people's heads of, of what makes you a unique uh, employer and why they should join and thrive with you. So we're recording this in mid-November. And it very much seems like there's some light at the end of the tunnel in terms of this crisis abating and us being able to sort of move move forward and get back to something resembling normal life at some point next year. What should companies be doing now when it comes to employer brand? How, how should they be planning for 2021 and 2022? It can be tough at the moment when we're going through periods where um you know recruiting budgets are maybe being cut project budgets have maybe been cut um to kind of think okay i need to be planning to develop my employer brand uh next year to make sure we are future fit and and ready for the years that are coming but it's exactly what you need to be doing you know i think organizations uh, you know when, as we come out the other side even though we've got this strange um uh, kind of disequilibrium. Um, we've got rising unemployment in some areas, but at the same time, we've got the rising number of uh, available jobs. You know, um, what we're seeing in some sectors, in particular, you know, fintech, uh, technology, um, anything technology-related, financial services, many professional services, is a is a you know a, a real growth in, in in demand. And if you want to get ahead of the competition, you really need to be planning your employer brand activity for next year, and. That with, uh, you know, both existing employees and uh, potential hires in mind. Um, so, you, you know, you really need to be planning. What's our story going to be? Have we got a firm EVP framework in place? Um, do we understand what our audiences want? Uh, are we able to start telling these stories? Do we have the um, kind of assets and architecture in place to tell these stories? Have we set up our social media channels? Um, have we got internal advocacy? Are our people wanting to share those stories and take them, you know, share them with their networks? All of these things, you know, are, it's a perfect time if, if recruitment activity is a bit quieter, a perfect time to start doing this planning for next year. Because I think if you wait until next year to do this, you know, we're going to be back into full on activity mode again. And you might well find yourself behind the curve uh, and struggling to keep up and struggling to find those great candidates. Also struggling to keep your own employees as their heads get turned by those who've done the job a little bit better. So final question, where can people find you and where can they find out more about the courses? Yes, thanks. For that. Yes, we, uh, the courses are available at uh, www.employerbrandingmadeeasy.com. Nice and simple. Um, there you'll find all the information about the courses and the, the consultancy support that we can offer as well. Um, we've also created just for you, um, listeners to Recruiting Future, um, a discount code. So if you were wanting to purchase, just use the code Recruiting Future 15 
uh, at the store and you'll get a 15% discount on the courses. So um, hopefully that's, uh, that's of interest. Fantastic stuff. David, thank you very much for talking to me. It's been a pleasure, Matt. Thank you as ever for having me on. My thanks to David Thompson. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search through all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list to get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope you'll join me. This is my show. Thank you.